Good evening, everyone. My name is Jeff Bishop, the chair of the Information Access Committee. And tonight, we're here to talk to all of you about smart homes and technology that we use in our homes. We have a great panel tonight, including industry experts from Amazon, as well as Comcast. First, give a warm welcome to my co-host, Judy Dixon. Hi, Judy. Hi, Jeff. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. Yeah, almost didn't make it. Had internet issues earlier, but we're here and we're excited about tonight's event. Tonight, we're going to talk all about appliances and other activities throughout our homes, maybe even touching on security systems and entertainment and all kinds of things. And we're going to ask Amazon as well as Comcast to chime in on many of these things. But before we get started, let's introduce you to the committee. Judy? Thanks, Jeff. The members of the Information Access Committee are Don Barrett from Virginia, Jeff Bishop from Washington, Rebecca Bridges from Virginia, Ray Campbell from Illinois, Peggy Carpenter from Florida, Brian Charlson from Massachusetts, Judy Dixon from Virginia, Satana Howry from New York, Carl Richardson from Massachusetts, Matt Selm from Kentucky, Sandra Sermons from Maryland, and that's it. Thank you very much. Great. And we do have a continuing education credit, but uh, we're having a little bit of, of a problem get, actually getting the code. So as soon as it appears, Janet will be giving us that here in just a couple of minutes. However, I wanted to talk about questions tonight. So if you do have questions for our panelists, we will be taking questions. You can email questions at acb.org. That's questions at acb.org. We would ask that you include your name, where you're from, and in the subject, put questions for smart home. Okay? That's what you need to do. That way, Janet can find your specific question during our event. All right, shall we run down the agenda, Judy? Sure. First, we'll start with appliances that assist in the kitchen. And that will be Brian Charlson and Judy Dixon. And next, we'll talk about Amazon, to speak to Amazon Oven. And next, we'll talk about appliances that assist in the laundry room. And that will be Judy. And it's a vendor participation. I don't know if we have any vendors here. With laundry, so that'll just be probably me. Appliances that assist in accessing entertainment in the living room. Carlin Bryan, thank you. Yep. Um, and Comcast and Amazon. Appliances that are used throughout the house. And that will be Jeff and Ray and Comcast. And six other issues. Right. And then uh, that, that last one where Ray and I are going to be talking, we're, we're specifically going to be looking at things like security systems and other things that what ways of, of adding technology to your home and things that you might need to do to be able to prepare for that. Things like routers or other types of things that are bringing in technology into your home. Great. All right, Judy. Thank you. Janet, are you back with us? I, I am still looking for the codes. If you don't mind, when I get the code, I'm just going to come in and interrupt. Oops. Hold on. I might be back in a moment. 
All right. Very good. Okay. We'll give her just a couple of minutes. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started and start talking about our first item here. Judy, take it away. Okay. We're going to start by talking about appliances that assist in the kitchen. And we're going to talk about, we're going to have here Brian and Judy. So Brian, one of the kitchen appliances, there's, there's kind of a lot to say. And I realize we only have two hours. There's a lot to say about appliances in the kitchen. And in my kitchen, I have a combination of some very old stuff, which still has knobs and buttons and good old-fashioned things, and some actually new things. And one of the newest things I have in my kitchen is an Amazon Smart Oven. Uh, We decided to try one of these, and I was very intrigued by it. And I was intrigued by the fact that it it has a Braille overlay that the coolest part about the Braille overlay was when I ordered the appliance and ordered it from the regular Amazon website, the option to order a Braille overlay was right on the main page where everybody could see it. And I was so pleased about that. I was wondering how I was ever going to find where to order my Braille overlay. So um, we can have Libby tell us a little bit about the smart oven and I can say a few words about our, we've had it now for four or five months. So um, we're, we're, and we're very happy with it. So we have one too. Ah, it's great. Yep. Libby, would you like to talk about the smart oven? Sure thing. Whatever else you want to talk about? And, yeah, and super excited to hear that uh, folks on the Zoom call tonight and uh, out there in ACB radio uh, have the smart oven in their homes. And, uh, so I'll just take a moment to introduce myself really quickly. My name is Libby Rosenthal. I'm a member of the customer research team in Alexa Smart Home at Amazon. And uh, today we're going to talk just a little bit about. Um, what, how we think about smart home and what, you know, a smart home appliance is or a smart home device is and some tips for shopping for those appliances on amazon.com. A little bit about some of our smart home appliances. Uh, and that'll include the Amazon basics microwave and the Amazon smart oven and some other features that we want to make sure that you're aware of, uh, that are new Alexa smart home features, uh, that maybe you don't know about as much. And uh, so we want to make sure that you leave tonight with a little bit more awareness around it. So we'll talk a lot about the kitchen tonight and about some other things. All right. So when we talk about smart home at Amazon, we usually talk about that as meaning any device or appliance in your home that can be controlled through your smartphone app or through a smart assistant like Alexa. And most of the time when folks are adopting smart home, the biggest benefit that they're looking for is controlling those devices with their voices, uh, controlling them when they're away from home, or to set up automations. Uh, so, you know, when the device can uh, act according to a schedule or according to some sort of a routine or trigger uh, in your house. And, you know, really what, you know, that's what smart home does for all customers, regardless of their ability, is give you more options for how you want to monitor and control the things in your home. Uh, so it gives hands-free options and even you know, sight-free options. So you, you don't always have to be able to read a display or find the physical buttons on a device in order to use them or check in on their status. And so there's, you know, when we think about smart home there's a wide variety of smart home products, uh, you know, particularly those available on Amazon.com. And uh, what I have here in the presentation is an image of the different smart home categories that you can find on Amazon.com. It ranges from things like lighting or smart plugs, 
which are one of the ways that folks tend to get started in smart home uh, because it's relatively portable and it can be a low cost way uh, to sort of get into smart home, get your feet wet, see if it's for you and if it meets your needs. And you know, with a smart plug, you can turn on and off things um, within your house. Uh, with smart lighting, you can make it easier to get those exact lighting conditions that might be best for you. And uh, you know, a lot of new options for control and you know, even silly things uh, like the it can be hard to reach that lamp that is you know behind the couch or something like that. Uh, having that voice control gives you another option. Uh, can include things like smart thermostats, um, makes it easier for you to keep your house at a comfortable temperature, maybe save some money, save some energy. Uh, and you know things like smart door locks that would help you control access to your home or smart cameras and doorbells so that you could see who might be at the front door and speak with them intercom style to you know verify who it is before you let them in, those sorts of things. Uh, there's also lots of things like smart detectors or smart sensors that might notify you about things like open windows or maybe a water leak that might go unnoticed otherwise in the house. So, you know, there's lots of options that are out there in the big world of smart home. And I know we'll have time for questions later if you have uh, other questions. But uh, today we want to cover, you know, some of the highlights that we want to make sure you know about as you're thinking about uh, whether or not a certain smart home device might be right for you. And like one of my biggest tips for when you're smart home shopping on, on Amazon.com is that, you know, we I want to make sure that you're aware of the different programs that we have to help you choose the products that are going to work best for your needs. So things that you can uh, be out there, you know, trying to find on Amazon.com is our certifications like Works with Alexa and Certified for Humans. And these certification programs are places where product manufacturers have submitted their products for testing to help ensure that they meet a high quality bar for things like responsiveness with Alexa, reliability with Alexa, functionality with Alexa. So you can have a better idea that what you're you know buying is going to work, uh, you know, for your needs. And I know that you know that's something that every customer is seeking is making sure that this thing that I'm going to buy is reliable and it's worth it and it's going to do what I need it to do. And we routinely uh, review the products that are in those uh, certification programs to make sure that they're still you know, holding up to these standards. Uh, if you are uh, trying to find a Works with Alexa product on the site, uh, you can use the filters that are on the left-hand side of the Amazon.com search result pages. Uh, if you're familiar with how you might filter for things like prime eligible items or items that are four star and above, you can also choose items that work with Alexa. Uh, so that's something to be, make sure that you're aware of when you're starting to shop and make your decisions. And uh, you know that works with Alexa program has a wide selection across all those different smart home categories that we talked a little bit about before. So it can be a really great way for you to get started and understand what the options are. Uh, we have also a second program that if you think of, you know, works with Alexa as meeting uh, certain minimum requirements, then Certified for Humans is the cream of the crop of our smart home products. Uh, the Certified for Humans program is something that we launched in late 2019. And it's there to really help uh, non-smart home experts find smart home products that will work for them. And any product that's in that Certified for Humans program meets even higher standards 
standards. And we talk about them as being struggle-free, tinker-free, and stress-free from a setup experience. So these are the things that we want to make it really easy for you to bring into your home and get them up and working. And uh, you can always explore the current selection of the Certified for Humans devices at amazon.com slash Certified for Humans. Uh, so that's a, a website that you might want to, you know, just keep with you as you're shopping and thinking. And, you know, if you're like buying a device on Amazon.com, Judy had uh, mentioned that when she bought her uh smart oven, she had some easy options right there for Braille overlays. One of the other things that you can look for when you're buying any smart home device, not just those with the Braille overlays, we'll talk about it a little bit later. Uh, there's a checkbox that says link to my Amazon account to simplify setup. And so what happens when you click on this is that you're basically letting Amazon and Alexa know that you plan to link this particular device that you're buying to the, your Alexa account once you get it home. You know, so if you're buying it for yourself, it's a good you know, uh, idea to go ahead and tick that checkbox. And then when the product arrives at your house, it'll be better prepared to connect to your specific Alexa account. You may not want to do that if you're buying something as a gift or you know, maybe someone is uh, giving you a smart home device as a gift. It may not work you know, so well for you there. But if you're buying it for yourself... That's a good tip to help with the setup process. Uh, then Alexa kind of knows to expect that that device is on its way. And I mentioned a little bit about how to filter and find those works with Alexa and Certified for Humans devices. There's a couple other ways that you can verify that this device is in that program. Uh, one is uh, just looking at the individual product detail pages. That's what we call them internally. That's that page that gives you all the detailed information about an individual product. It's that, that page with the buy box on it. Uh, a Certified for Humans device will generally tell you that in the product title. So I have here an, a sample of an Hamilton Beach Works with Alexa smart coffee maker. And it end, the, that, that description ends with a Certified for Humans device. So if you see dash a Certified for Humans device, that's you know, one of the ways in which you can know that it's in the program. Uh, Devices that say works with Alexa somewhere in their title or somewhere else on the detail page uh, with the works with Alexa certification um, will have that badge, as we call it, um, that you might be familiar with some of the badges like Amazon's Choice. Uh, the works with Alexa is a similar badge in that it's there to let you know that, yes, this is you know, an official works with Alexa product. Uh, so, you know, for example, and when you see that um, works with Alexa badge, that it will also tell you what devices that you already have in your home that might be able to control this device. So with my example here with this coffee maker, when I was shopping for the coffee maker, the detail page tells me that this works with Alexa and that I'd be able to control this coffee maker with Libby's desk Echo Spot, which uh, is the Echo device that I have linked to this particular account that I'm working in today. Uh, so, you know, it's just one additional way in which, you know, things that you can look for to verify whether or not this is going to work with something that you already have at home. So I'm wondering if we can focus some time on the um, actual... Jeff, may I interrupt for just yes. one second? Sure. So sorry. This is Janet. And after many attempts, I have not been able to get the, the CEU codes for tonight. So what I'm going to ask anyone who has signed up for this as a CEU credit, please send me an email and I will send you the code in the morning. And my email is Janet, J-A-N-E-T dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N 
at gmail.com. So please email me and I'll make sure you get the codes. Thank you. And I'm so sorry about this. Not a problem, Janet. So we have about, oh, eight minutes left or so okay. to uh, talk about the, the appliances in the, in the yep. kitchen in reference to, you know, smart ovens and things of that nature. So I thought maybe we could spend some time on that now. Sure thing. About that, that device. That and is the, the transition that, that I was just about to make. So That's great. Right. Okay, great. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So the Amazon Basics Microwave is uh, one of the first devices that uh, we launched for the kitchen. And we launched that in 2018. So it's a compact microwave. It's at a competitive price. It's got you know all the general features that you would expect from a microwave of its size and price. It's got that the kitchen timer, the child lock, a turntable, power settings. And it also has the bonus that it works with Alexa. And that sells for $59.99 is the retail price. So when we say that that works with Alexa, we mean that uh, you can use your voice to cook with the Echo device. You can say things like, Alexa, reheat a cup of coffee, and Alexa will start reheating that coffee and use all the appropriate power and time settings. So the voice control allows you to control the power level of the microwave, access any of those preset cooking, uh, as well as set your time and things like that. And you do have to have an additional Echo Echo device in your home in order to do that. Uh, and, you know, this is a product that makes cooking more convenient for all of our customers. And, you know, in particular, we've gotten great feedback on it. Um, if you look at the reviews on Amazon.com about how this has helped those that might have trouble with uh, the smooth flat control panels that would normally be on a microwave. Maybe. Mm-hmm. My, my smart oven came with a third generation Echo Dot. Does the microwave come with one as well? The microwave does not come with a third generation Echo Dot, but you're right that the smart oven you can order with the Dot or without the Dot. And the Dot has turned out to be really amazing. It's it's it is so it, it it's very very audio um, um, advanced. It mm-hmm. sounds great, and it's all of it sounds all over our house. And it's very tiny. Yeah, the third generation has really improved the speaker on that Echo Dot. So that's exciting to hear that you're enjoying it. Uh, For those of you that aren't familiar with the smart oven, sounds like we have some smart oven owners. uh, The Amazon smart oven brings that Alexa control to more appliances. So the smart oven is a four-in-one appliance that has convection oven cooking, microwave cooking, air frying, and keep warm. And it's a bit of a larger appliance. So the Basics microwave is small and compact. The oven is larger. It can fit something like a five-pound chicken. Uh, it can also fit into an existing built-in microwave space that you might have in your home, like above your stove or under one of your counters. And so that, is, um, that retails for $249.99 and includes that third-generation Echo Dot, like Judy had mentioned. And so, you know, with... Uh, with the Amazon Smart Oven, it really just allows Alexa to do more things in the kitchen. And so in addition to having some of the presets and being able to use your voice to enable those presets, stuff like you know, air fry one cup of French fries or you know, Alexa, bake some salmon. Uh, that there's a temperature probe associated with the oven so that you can query the, uh, you know, ask the, ask Alexa about what's the temperature inside your roast or whatever it is that you're cooking. And, uh, there are announcements that will let you know when the oven is preheated or when your food is done or maybe it's time to flip your food. 
And uh, it also works with something that we call scan to cook. And so scan to cook is something that makes it a little bit easier to follow along with the package instructions. Scan to cook is um, some specialized presets uh, that work with a lot of package food items. Uh, we have some Marie Callender's, Gardein, uh, Whole Foods brand items, uh, and uh, a few others. But, you know, think about a lot of your sort of like frozen foods, convenience foods, packaged foods, um, things with a barcode on them. Uh, there's a lot of scan to cook options. I did have a question about that because yeah. I think something that I think people kind of get confused about, about the, the scan to cook feature. Mm -hmm. um, you, the, the oven itself does not have a barcode scanner on the face of it, correct? That's right. And so, yeah, that with the scan to cook feature, you're going to be scanning through your smartphone. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that was clear to people because I know yeah. some people are thinking that it actually, you hold the, you know, package up to the screen of the oven and it will automatically. Yeah, yeah that's right. No, you, you do need to use your uh, smartphone uh, with that. Yeah. Okay. In the interest Great. of, um, Full disclosure, though, mm -hmm. I would like to tell everybody, um, if you're getting this device as an air fryer, make sure you have plenty of time. Yes. That, and that is something that's, uh, I don't know exactly when you bought yours, Judy, but it's something that we've called out uh, based on customer feedback you on did, the detail page. <laughs> you did call it out on the detail page, and I did yeah. read it before I bought it. It says, um, you know, this, uh, this device will be much slower at air frying than traditional air fryers or something yeah. some of those words. Yeah, that it's a larger appliance, so it takes it a little longer to heat up. Um, if you're familiar with a convection oven, it's pretty similar to um, That's not convection oven. That's problem, though. It, it, its maximum yeah. air fry temperature is 395, and mm -hmm. most air fryers um, go higher than that. Yeah. That's, that's the other reason. Yeah. This is but, Brian. I have the microwave only. It was given to me as a present from my wife from my office, mm -hmm. and I'll tell you that it was very, very useful. I didn't have so many people come visit me as when I had that in my office. Let me tell you, it's spectacular for college students in a dorm situation mm -hmm. because this other unit is significantly larger, mm -hmm. both in terms of its depth on the counter uh, and pretty much all of its dimensions because it's intended to be a full oven, not just a heated up microwave. Yeah. Yeah, so those are your your sort of two options if you're making a decision between these appliances is the size and having that additional capability to bake uh, versus just to microwave. And so if you want that baking capability, it is a much larger device. I love the keep warm function. It It's really nice and, and it can go for up to an hour. Yeah, that's helpful if you're trying to time things, certainly. And it also does defrost. Mm-hmm. So I've, I now own four microwaves, I think, of different types that I've purchased yeah. over the years. The earliest ones, it was a matter of a dial, and you'd mark your dial. Uh, mm -hmm. The later ones became a bit more touchpad, but you could put a Braille overlay on it, and you just listen to the number of beeps. Now we have it to where it's uh, just a general microwave or uh countertop oven uh, like anybody else might buy but it's speech enabled so it becomes almost a well in fact i'm sure that amazon designed it and uh, selling it as an everyday appliance not an appliance for blind or visually impaired people mm -hmm. the fact of the matter is that when we talk about white goods 
We're talking about refrigerators and stovetops and dishwashers and all of the other things that are part of a, a kitchen experience. One, you don't buy them casually and own four of them like I do microwaves. Um, so when you buy one, you're really committing to a period of time of the ownership of that. Are any of the smart appliances from Amazon of this white good nature, that is refrigerators, full stoves, dishwashers, and if so, are they always the highest priced items out there? So we do not yet have those larger white good appliances that you're talking about. And you know, there those are you know the sorts of things that we can't really talk about what might or might not be coming in the future. Uh, but we definitely understand the the need uh, for those appliances to make sure that you know what you're getting. As you said, you don't buy those things casually. And uh, that was actually, you know, one of the things that I wanted to, when uh, I started out, uh, not knowing exactly what we were going to cover today. That's why I wanted to talk about Works with Alexa and Certified for Humans is try to help folks get um, a little bit more of an understanding before they you know, go plunging into things. And that's certainly something that if we expand to those bigger appliances in the future that we want to keep in mind. And that as other retailers start making appliances, um, we'll assess those uh, as to whether or not they're certified for humans. I mean, there are certain retailers that are making those or manufacturers that are making those appliances now. We, none of them are yet certified for humans, but that's a place where if those sorts of things come in the future, we would look to see whether or not they meet the criteria that we have for certified for humans. This is great. Uh, Janet, do we have any questions centered around appliances that have come in so far? Yes, we do, actually. Um, Okay, let's take one. uh, All right. So the one question has kind of been answered about um, the full-sized oven. So Mm -hmm. the question was asked, does anyone, and I know this isn't necessarily just for Amazon, but do we know, does anyone make a full-sized oven that works with Alexa? I believe the GE does. Okay. And you had talked the smart plug that that mm-hmm. is yours, correct? Someone yes. asked if that is only for um, monitoring the use of electricity. Deb from Oregon wants to know that. With a smart plug, uh, the most folks that are using the smart plug are using it to get voice control over whatever is plugged into that plug. So if it's a lamp or a fan or a coffee maker, things like that, um, that if it is, um, if it's the type of device that you could sort of leave it in an always on status, like a lamp and leaving it always on or a fan leaving it always on, it, you know, have it always on plugged into that smart plug. Then you can use your voice to control the device through the smart plug. Uh, so instead of using like the physical on off switch right. on the device. I use um, that in my living room. I just walk in and say, living room lights on and on they come mm-hmm. because it's difficult when you have um, a m- number of lights in your home and mm-hmm. you to know whether or not the last person turned that knob the right number of times for it to be on or off. Mm-hmm. When it's a knob at the bulb kind of scenario, it really is a very helpful kind of thing because it confirms when you're turning them on or off. 
Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, something that um, another point that often comes up as a question for smart plugs is that we we talk about smart plugs are for your dumb devices, uh, for the devices that don't have that internet connectivity on their own, you know, your simple lamps and fans and such. And um, but more and more devices are coming out these days with what we call our Alexa Connect kit, which is, you know, a, a suite of um you know, tools and chips and things that a, a product manufacturer can put inside their device. And so it's sort of built, you know, by us to our specifications, but another manufacturer puts it in. And then, um, you, you know, it's again, it helps um, have some assurances that that device will work as expected with Alexa. And so that's um, like that Hamilton Beach coffee maker I was talking a little bit about before, that that's the type of, that's a, an example of our Alexa Connect kit. The other, the other kinds of things these smart outlets or, or plugins can do for you is monitor energy consumption, and they can also have a function of uh, a timer. So you yeah. can set them up in such a way that they turn on and off according yeah. to the timer thing. The, saying they're a dumb plug doesn't do the newer ones uh, much credit. So the, some of those devices, the newer ones... Uh, uh, that it's that the 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 smart plug makes a dumb device smart. I guess is what I was trying to say with that mm-hmm. is that it smartens up anything that is plugged into it. Uh, but if you make up a you bring a, up a really great uh, point around things like uh, what we call routines. Uh, so you can set things up to turn on and off at certain scheduled times. Uh, you can set things up to uh, turn on and off based on triggers from other devices in your home, or you know that if you might, maybe when you get up in the morning, you want uh, certain lights to turn on and the coffee pot to turn on, uh, you know, when you say good morning, uh, that you can set all of those sorts of things up. And one of the other sort of smart features that I want to talk a little bit about today was um, something that we call hunches. And uh, it's really related to those um, sort of smart routines and things like that, that uh, hunches is something that we... uh, have that um, it's where Alexa is getting smarter about your smart home habits and when your devices are turned on and off typically, and that Alexa can let you know when she starts to detect something that's a bit out of the ordinary for your house. Maybe you say, Alexa, good night, and there's the basement light on. And normally that light is off right now. So she would say, do you want me to turn that off for you? And you can say yes or no. And this is a feature that's optional. You can you know, say you can opt in or out of that feature. Um, but it's another thing that helps to make the devices more smart. Uh, take some of that guesswork out like you were talking about before with the number of clicks. And did I turn that off or not? I think we need to wrap up this part yeah. of the program. Let me just ask one other question. If sure. Colleen yeah. wanted to know the maximum temperature of the oven, the baking temperature of your smart oven. Ooh, I, can I look that up and sure. then put it into a chat? Actually, you can just come in and, and tell us verbally. Oh, that okay. would be great. All right. Sounds good. Okay, great. And uh, But one other thing I just want to say before we go, for those that didn't catch this as part of, um, if you are interested in that oven or that microwave, that you can add on a Braille overlay at no additional charge uh, with your purchase. Or if you already have one of these appliances at home and you don't have an overlay, you can order the overlay separately from the microwave or smart oven detail page. Or you can contact Amazon customer service and they'll get one sent out to you. Awesome. Uh, Stick with us because we'll have you back to talk a little bit about entertainment as well and uh, also about security because there's some stuff you're doing in that space now too. So stay tuned, everybody. All right, Judy, take it away. 
Okay, this part of the program, we're going to talk a little bit about laundry appliances. And what I'm really going to cover here is the process of how do you find out what appliance is accessible? One of the real frustrations in buying an appliance, and especially the the larger ones, you don't get them that often. Most of us don't keep up on what the latest and greatest features of washers and dryers and that sort of thing. And there's no centralized place to get information about what appliances are accessible. There have been some efforts to do that over the years, and they have been largely unsuccessful, mostly because appliances change so fast. You know, we could we could put out a huge effort today and find out which appliances, if we could even find out, which appliances were accessible, and by six months from now, all that information would be out of date. That's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is just trying to find out what is accessible. You can go to an appliance store, you can stand in front of a washing machine, and there is really no good way for you to find out if it's successful because chances are the salesperson doesn't know and you can't plug it in, you can't fill it with water, you can't wash clothes with it, and you just don't know. So I started Google searching. I did Google searches on accessible appliances and I searched podcast and I did listen to a podcast. I remembered that that last a couple of summers ago ACB had a presentation about that talking laundry module. So I thought, well there's something. Let me start there. So I listened to that presentation again and then I searched for a podcast and found a podcast about that same device but these people had hooked it up to a Google Home and were using it with Google Home and they didn't they had the same appliances but not with the talking laundry module so I talked with friends and talked with people and did some more research and I found turns out this talking laundry module only works with three models three washers, and two dryers. So I called appliance stores in the area to find out who had those models. And one appliance store had one, and one appliance store could order them, and one had one, and one had two. Nobody had all of them. So we went to look at an appliance store that did have the one that that was actually the highest end one one of the lot. And we looked at it, and there it was, standing there, on, on not washing clothes, not plugged in. But it did have it did have buttons, and uh, and then we learned actually while we were at the appliance store that it also connected to Wi-Fi, and there was an A lady skill, and so we thought that was pretty cool. How how could we go wrong? So we decided to buy the the washer and the com- comparable dryer. And it was uh, it was a fun experience because it was huge. Um, we we were able to get the skill set up. It's one of those skills you have to go into the app and and authenticate and put in your username and password. I mean, it's a lot more complicated than just saying, you know, Alexa, enable. You know, enable was it Genevieve or something like that. And so we, we did it. And, and it's a, the skill is very cool because what it does, it will tell you um, your laundry. It's, it's, your, your dryer will be finished in five minutes. And then it'll tell you your dryer is finished. And then 
dry laundry has been in the dryer for 30 minutes. And it gets quite firm with you and decides to nag you about these things. But it's, it's, it does work. And, and also, we, it, you can ask her as you turn the knobs, you can ask her, you know, what's the setting of the dryer? Your dryer is on mixed cycle. And then you turn it again. Your dryer is on sheets and towels. It, it doesn't speak as you do it, but you can query it at any point. So with a with a braille list, and then and then her able to confirm where you are, it's it's not bad accessibility. We uh, also do have the talking laundry module, and that turned out to be a bit of a problem because you can't use the Wi-Fi and the skill with the talking laundry module plugged into both devices. They don't work together. And so we had to decide which, whether the washer or dryer, we wanted to have the talking laundry module connected to. But I would say that, in my opinion, the talking laundry module is not necessary. The Alexa skill will actually do a lot more for you. It was quite a, um, ordeal is probably too strong of a word, but it was, it was an adventure trying to purchase a washer and dryer. And I think it's true for almost any major appliance that you try to purchase these days. We had a similar sort of experience when we had to replace our, I, I just panic when any of the appliances even think they're going to fail. I don't know. Don't fail now, please. I don't want to buy a new one. And uh, so we try to keep them limping as lo- along as, as much as possible. If you have one that works, just keep it repaired. So we had a, um, we have a dishwasher that um, was really accessible in an interesting way. And I know it's not laundry, but it, it, it does wash. So I'll, I'll tell you, I want to tell you about it. It's because it's not accessible in the traditional sense. It doesn't talk. But the, the manufacturer, Fisher & Paykel of New Zealand, made this device so that the menus just beep a slight, a different tone at one point in the menu. So as you're cycling through, you know, delicate, normal wash, heavy duty, all that sort of thing, it had a lower beep on heavy duty. So all you had to know was you had to go two beeps beyond the lower beep or three beeps beyond lower beep. You could set it for whatever type of cycle you wanted. And it was just great. It was, I mean, it was as accessible as being able to read all the controls. And it worked really well. And this dishwasher is not a traditional one. It doesn't have a door that folds down in front and have two racks in it. It actually is two drawers that are independent of each other. So we needed to get a new one. And we, um, I talked to them. I talked to, I even called New Zealand. Now, now this, this, this model replaces model x right yeah sure and it, it beeps right it beeps all when i touch a button it beeps yes it does um well our old one uh, one of the beeps was lower well i don't know if it does that well when we get, we decided to take a chance and get it and it turns out it didn't so it does beep it beeps great and the new dishwasher doesn't have controls on each of the two drawers it's only controlled by the top drawer and you have a button that switches between the two drawers. Okay, now appliance accessible accessibility um, stage two. We're going to have to go into the next of, now I have this appliance, how, appliance, how am, I, am I going to make it accessible? So what I did was I put, I had a friend, we cut out a, the way it shows you which 
dishwasher is selected, it has a triangle. And as you press the button, the top half of the triangle lights are the bottom, uh, not a rectangle, sorry, a vertical rectangle. And the top half of the rectangle lights or the bottom half of the rectangle lights. So all I had to do, cut a little rectangle and a piece of Dymo tape, put the Dymo tape with the little rectangle over the rectangle. And then all I have to do is put a light probe on the bottom or the top and then just flip the button and it goes, so it tells me which one, which one it's like. I don't have to do it very often because it doesn't seem to want to change. So we usually know. But it is a way to make a supposedly inaccessible appliance um, a bit more accessible. So that's my long, sad tale on appliance uh, shopping. It's, 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 not, it's not fun. It's frustrating. It's challenging. Um, if there were any better solutions, I certainly hope somebody comes up with one. Because I want to talk for a moment, uh, Judy, about creativity. Because yeah. when I first visited your home... Your laundry room, like many of us, is in the basement, and you don't live in the basement most of the time. So the difficulty of knowing whether or not a cycle is over or not, you pretty much had to go down and see whether it was making noise or not. But you guys went and put an extra dot down oh, there. we did. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and as a result, when you wanted to see whether the dryer was still going, you would just drop in to that dot, and you could tell what the noise was gone, started, whatever. And it really impressed me about using some ingenuity somewhere between accessible and inaccessible by way of labeling or uh, working out a secondary way of using some of this technology. Yeah, that was the old system. We used the drop-in feature of the Echo and we just said, we put a dot down there and we said to the Echo, Echo, you know, drop into the basement and then we could hear what was going on in the basement and, and whether the laundry was, how lazy is that? I mean, you know, this, this is not a session about fitness, is it? <laughs> no, so. it's about convenience, right? <laughs> Here in my home, I've installed a few smart bulbs. So when I want to go into the furnace room and uh, with a sighted person to look over the, the furnace or the hot water heater or whatever, I simply have to say, you know, turn on the furnace room light and it comes on. The value of that is that is one of those lights on a ceiling in an undeveloped uh, room with a chain dangling down. And otherwise, I have to go in there and go waving my arm around to find that stupid chain hanging from the light fixture. I no longer have to do that. So sometimes it's just a matter of that kind of convenience you're trying to accomplish. In our house, we call that the windmill imitation. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's right, great. So- Let's Do we have any questions from Janet on this topic? We don't have any questions on laundry, but I do have a question that someone asked me about and that kind of goes with what Brian's talking about, and I've done that too, searching for my ceiling fan uh, <laughs> string. Um, don't be tall like me and put your hand in the ceiling. Fan. I wish I was about three inches taller. It would sure be a lot easier because the ceiling fan control is over the footboard of my bed so i'm you know kind of crawling up there look anyway um that's neither here nor there someone wanted to know can you and i think the answer probably is no but maybe i'm wrong can you plug your ceiling fan into a smart plug peter corbis joined the meeting well the answer is a qualified yes it depends on how it's connected to your home system in the first place we've been talking about smart plugs 
meaning something you plug into an outlet and then you plug it into that uh, in a piggyback fashion. But you can also purchase replacement light switches in wall light switches, which would be smart switches. So in my home, for example, I've got uh, one of those fans over the bed and it also has uh, a light fixture as part of it. So you have a three position switch, light on, fan on, fan and light on, everything off kind of scenario. So for us, we could replace that and simply verbally tell it to turn the fan on or off or turn the light on or off by replacing that wall switch. And you can get them that have dimmer as well. So yeah, it can be done if you're in our household. I'm in the same situation as you are. Uh, and that is ours is over the bed and I'm the only one tall enough to reach it without taking a nosedive. Um, and then we gifted our friends, Judy and Doug, with a couple of things on the two chains that deal with light. Oh, yeah, and they look like fans. One looks like a light bulb, <laughs> and one looks like a fan. So when you touch the chain, you know which one you're you're manipulating, the light or the fan. And there, there are also fans that are, you know, smart home enabled, whether that's, you know, <laughs> using, using HomeKit or... You know, there, there's there's all kinds of devices out there now. So, hey Jeff, do we have a minute? I can throw something in here. Uh, sure, Ray, go ahead. Okay, um, talking about appliances, um, we just recently purchased a second home, which will be eventually be our retirement home. But with that, we got a washer and dryer, and it's a washer and dryer. It has the washer has I think four different dials on it, and you can set them in different positions. And then the dryer's got like three. I actually called up Ira and had them prepare a description for me of the controls and what they do and what each position was. And it worked out really, it's worked out really well. And I don't have any other questions about laundry appliances. All right. We're, we're a little ahead of schedule, which is good. So let's move on to entertainment, shall we? And I think we have a lot to talk about here. Oh, and wait, excuse me, Jeff. Are, are we done with appliances? Because I do have other questions about Instapot and um, air fryers. Let's take the Instapot and air fryers questions now. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Yep. Um, there's a question from Gail wanting to know if there's an air fryer that's available that works with Alexa. I do not know of one. Do you, Judy? No, I don't. My my smart oven's an air fryer. Just takes a while. <laughs> you just knit a small sweater while you're yeah. waiting. I understand. And it works well, though, when it, you it know. It does work. It does work. Yeah, it does. It just it takes time. It's fine. It just takes a while. Yeah. The the other thing to keep in mind in all of this, oh, me. My, my, my photogenic family here is making adjustments so that my picture looks better. <laughs> that, it always helps to have a sighted member in your family to do these kinds of important things. Anyway, as I was saying that um, you can get so many countertop appliances these days. Some of them beep. Some of them uh, still have knobs and such whatnot on them. The real trick is to get them that you can use often enough to really know how to use them well. Uh, the Instant Pot, for example. You can get an Instant Pot. Be careful. There are Instant Pots and there are Instant Pots and there are models that do and models that don't, et cetera, et cetera. But um, you can get them so that you can control them with an app on your iPhone. I, I have s such a unit. And I have another one that doesn't work that way. 
you can imagine which was the one that was the more expensive of the two. You, to some degree, get what you pay for when it comes to these kinds of features. Judy, you use uh, a Instant Pot that you can manage from an iPhone, don't you? Did I lose Judy? Good, because that was my next question, Brian. So thank you. Brian, I do, but it's a model that isn't available anymore. And I understand it's the Bluetooth model, and I, I heard that they don't have them now. Right. I think they're all Wi-Fi enabled now, I think. But mine works with my phone. Yep. Yeah, there, there are a few air fryers and uh, Instant Pots that work with Alexa, I know. Um, perhaps other smart assistants as well. Uh, so the, when I was uh, mentioning, uh, one of the things you can do is you know, looking on uh, Amazon.com for that works with Alexa filter and those things that are in that program that I, uh, I'm able to see one uh, air fryer and uh, one Instant Pot. It would be really nice if uh, Amazon would consider creating a page of appliances that work with the A-Lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone asked me about that also. If there is a pay, if you can search on Amazon for certified with hu- certified uh, for humans. Yeah, so uh, if you can go to Amazon.com slash certified for humans, uh-huh. and that'll take you right to uh, all the certified for humans. But would that, uh, would, would that include the Instant Pot and the air fryer that works? So that one, that one will not, because those are not certified for humans. Right. That's that upper echelon. But you can filter your search results by works with Alexa. So when you're searching for smart devices on Amazon.com, on the left-hand side, there's checkboxes. And one of the checkboxes is a works with Alexa checkbox. You can also type works with Alexa in your search terms. So like Instant Pot works with Alexa, that kind of thing. This is great. You're, a- you're answering a lot of my questions that are Thanks, coming Jim. in before I even have to ask them. That's great. Okay. Are we ready to move on to entertainment? All right. Let's start with Carl. Carl, tell us a little bit about the technology that you use in your home in reference to entertainment. Okay. Um, so, for instance, my television is in the basement and I don't have access to an antenna because it is. Um, I have no windows in the basement. So I use an Amazon Recast DVR as a tuner card to get over-the-air broadcast channels, and that's up on the second floor connected to, uh, connected to my antenna. But I also use it as a DVR, and it plays show with audio description. And I do that through the Fire TV. So the DVR and the tune is up on the second floor, but I use the, but my TV down in the basement. Um, I also have an Apple TV, a Roku, and a Fire Player, which all have um, screen reader technology built into them to access different applications and different functions, such as streaming services, such as Netflix, Disney Plus, you know, Apple TV Plus, that sort of thing. I have um, Alexa devices to play music and podcast. And uh, Brian, are you back? Because I know you had some thoughts too. Am I hearable now? Yes. Okay. I have no idea why that dropped off in the middle of that, but nonetheless, there you go. So I have in my living room a Fire TV mounted on the living room wall much bigger than a a blind person might need uh, or be able to justify. But uh, it was on sale at one of those lovely Amazon sale events. Uh, And I have connected to it the cube so that I can turn it on and off by voice. I also have connected to it my Apple TV, my uh, 
CD player and Blu-ray player and my uh, Comcast uh, X1 box all to this one device in the living room. And most recently, I added to it an Echo Show, uh, mostly so that we can suddenly all of my devices. That was my Echo down here talking. Anyway, the long and the short of it is I have a variety of hardware tech that does those kinds of things for me. Uh, my entire family utilizes it, and I have sighted members of the family and blind members of the family. Uh, we have the same kind of scenario that a lot of other people have, and that is way too many remote controls. Um, so we have to place them in strategic places, and you, you tap whoever's closest to that remote control controls things. But the first thing everybody says is, is, um, a lady, turn on the TV. A lady, change the cable. A lady, et cetera, et cetera. It all starts with that. And then we might pick up a remote that has a microphone within it to uh, do different tasks. So, yeah, we use them all. We use a lot of these streaming services along with cable television uh, from Comcast. I'm a triple play customer there. And they work really well together for us to enjoy things. Right now, I at the ACB auction last night, they had a number of devices available for sale. And I'm... Uh, giving some serious thoughts to upping my A-Lady game to make even better sounding audio. Awesome. Well, let's turn to one of our vendors here and talk to Tom Mikowski. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Maybe I'd like for maybe you to talk a little bit about, maybe not necessarily about the products that you have, because, you know, you've had Amazon on a number of events here, but more about how do you personally use your Comcast technology in your home personally. In other words, you know, tell us a personal story about how you're utilizing that t- technology and how it fits in your world and in your life. Well, do you want me to just stick with entertainment or can I go outside the swim lane a little bit here and, and give you another example? Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about it, uh, more in general, but we definitely have some time. So if you want to expand that a little bit, that would be fine. Sure. So a couple of things, uh, certainly from the entertainment side, um, you know, I'm, I'm using our, our voice remote, uh, and we're actually, um, you know, working that, that voice remote works on, on two different platforms. It works on uh, the X one box, which is, you know, a full fledged traditional, you know, set top box where you're getting live TV and DVR and video on demand and, a bunch of uh, apps, including Amazon Prime, Hulu, Netflix, all on one experience. Um, and uh, so use the voice remote, different voice commands, you know, titles of shows, quotes from movies, um, you know, uh, basic things like, you know, play, pause, you know, whatever you want. Um, so that's, that's one way um, that I use it. Certainly use a lot of the... Um, uh, what we call over the top or OTT apps like Prime or Hulu or Netflix um, through through the set top box, both on X1 and Flex, um, and then on Stream, which is our mobile app. Um, when I use that, and I know uh, we've gotten a lot of uh, feedback from customers who simply just use Stream. Um, we heard from a couple of folks. There was a thread on. Twitter, I believe, back in February around the Super Bowl, where people were uh, just using Stream to, you know, get live TV 
uh, in their house because when your iOS or Android device is on your home network, um, your phone performs just like a, a live TV set top box would. Um, so you're getting, you know, what we call linear TV or broadcast TV or any kind of cable channels plus access to your DVR and everything else. Um, and so that's, that's how I use stream. A lot of times, you know, if my, my wife is watching something, uh, and I'm not particularly in, particularly interested in it, um, you know, I'll sneak off uh, to another room and just fire up my iOS device and, um, or Android device, depending on what I have with me at the time. And, you know, I'll watch what I'm looking to watch. So a lot of options on the, on the entertainment side, mostly either through a set top box or through, um, you know, through an app, through the stream app, Xfinity stream. Uh, and then, uh, we're working on a new large button remote control. Um, so we have a third party large button remote that is not, uh, up to Comcast uh, design standards by any sense of the imagination. Um, it predates my creating the accessibility office at Comcast, you know, back in 2012. Uh, and so, um, now we're, we're, We've decided we're going to create a new remote, um, a large button remote uh, with voice capability for for X1 and for uh, Flex as well. Uh, so that'll be coming out in 2021. So larger buttons, you know, sometimes people need to keep the remote on a table if they have uh, dexterity challenges. Um, we're also working on some other things that uh, may or may not require that you hold a remote, uh, but I can't really tell you too much about that but um we might get into that game as well all right jeff can i just also say that i'm exploring having a second tv set in the house and as i explore because of the cbaa the uh communications and video accessibility act most of the major tv manufacturers now have screen readers built into them I know Sony does, Samsung does, and others. So you can now buy devices that have, even a few years ago, that now that didn't have it, now have. Um, and the same with DVD players and other devices. So there's a lot more devices out there that have uh, screen reading capabilities. So just do your research. And, and that's a good point, Carl. Uh, this is Tom. We have the stream app running on a Roku device, uh, running on a Samsung, uh, TV, uh, and I believe LG comes, uh, the, the app for the LG, uh, line of smart TVs comes out, uh, later this year. Um, and, and that, uh, you know, takes advantage of, you know, the platform's capabilities. So the Samsung text to speech capabilities. Uh, et cetera, and Roku's capabilities. And so it's, it's pretty much you're using a remote and you, you launch the, uh, Xfinity stream app on, on the device of your choice. And now you have all of the, all of, now you have access to all of your Xfinity service through, through that device using the stream app. Very good. Judy, do you have anything on the entertainment side that we want to mention here? No, we use a, um, Amazon Fire TV, and um, I'll talk more about our entertainment options tomorrow in the uh, cord cutting panel. So just a little ad for that. It's going to be pretty interesting because we have a, a somewhat unusual solution that's that's working very, very, very well for us. Um, but uh, 
we we are able to we have a um, harmony remote that we use and it's um, Alexa enabled so we are we use that it, it's it sits on a it's a remote that has you can what do you call these things universal remote you can you know program all kinds of devices to work with it and it's fairly accessible and but it it, it has a little hub that that sits on a shelf and faces the the column of devices like our receiver and our TV and all that. And so all we have to say to the A-Lady is turn on the TV and the TV goes on from anywhere, anywhere in the house. And it's, it's not very smart. I mean, there are, I'm sure, way more sophisticated solutions than having a little thing sit on a shelf, but it works. And, you know, I think, I think one thing that we kind of tend to lose sight of sometimes is, is the best solution is the solution that works. And it, it's, you know, some years old and, and, you know, could anybody ever recreate it? I'm not even sure we could, but it does work and it works great. And we love our Harmony Remote. It's, it's, uh, it, it works with all of, all of the devices in the house and it's really nice. Well, so Peter Korn has also joined us. And Peter, I noticed there's a new feature that has just come out on the Amazon devices to allow multiple profiles in your home. So people can view the content of their of their choice within the family, and I thought that was pretty innovative that that that's happening, and really points to yet another way of being really inclusive and trying to cut down on on clutter that might ha- be in some people's uh, you know viewing habits. Uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for for calling that out. We uh, every every uh, few weeks it seems we've got a new release somewhere. Uh, uh, for for one or more of our devices. Um, I wanted to uh, take a moment to mention something that is not yet out, uh, but will be out really soon in the entertainment uh, accessibility space. And that's uh, a new uh, assistive technology that we call Text Banner. Um, we've been coming to uh, accessibility conferences for some years now, and at CSUN a year ago, uh, a couple of our engineers were staffing our booth when a customer came by and said, you know, um, I'm legally blind, but um, I have, you know, a very small field of view because of, of retinitis pigmentosa. And so full screen magnification really doesn't work well for me. And uh, they came back and they thought about this and we have a yearly accessibility hackathon, and they put together um, a neat little uh, a little app that um, takes all of the information you would normally want about an item, stuff that voice view would normally read, and formats it in a box in text of your size and color and uh, box shape size a bunch of different configuration settings that you can do. And then we um, brought this to a number of Amazon employees uh, with uh, RP or Immaculate Generation, and they loved it. And so uh, we're releasing it. And this is, this is just another access feature that uh, allows customers with a variety of uh, vision needs to enjoy entertainment on our devices. How cool is that? Uh, that's that's great. Yet another thing to uh, really be proud of, and you know, 
be able to have out there for people. So do, have any of you used Movies Anywhere, the service that allows you to have movies on multiple platforms such as, you know, Apple and Amazon and right. Um, there's a, there's an interesting new spin to this where you can now share your movie libraries with friends. And uh, I just think that's really a, a really interesting, yet another innovative thing that's happening. And I don't know if, you know, for example, Peter, if you've uh, had any, thing to do with that in reference to you know rolling that out and how that might work from an accessibility perspective um i'm actually i'm not familiar with movies anywhere um that's not an amazon product is it no but it it uh it officially works with amazon so movies movies that are in your amazon movie library can participate in this so it's uh it's it's part of it, so I just didn't know if you knew much about it. It's it's a pretty neat thing. Carl, have you used it? I have used it. I haven't used a feature where I've shared it with friends. But what it yeah. is is an app that look. You know, I have I'm a movie buff, so I purchase a lot of movies from a lot of different places. You know, iTunes, Prime Video, other places. So what this is is this. But the problem is, you you may have to have watch a movie on one device that's proprietary to that service. So what Movie Anywhere does is work with all the studios and all the content providers and has agreements with them all so that you can now, if Movie Anywhere has an agreement with them, you can now watch your all your different libraries from different content providers in one place. Right. So, for example, you could buy Star Wars on Amazon Prime Video, uh, and then it would appear in iTunes. Right. If you have the Movie Anywhere app on, right. If right. you have the Prime Video app on your phone, I'm yep. not sure, but, but you could have it from the Google Play Store too. So it, it yes, you can. Yep. So it consolidates all the different libraries and, and it, it, you know, not a hundred percent accessible, but it's it fairly usable if you figure it out. And I, I've used it a few times. I've never used to share with your friends. So I don't know how that works. Yeah, it just came out this week, and I think it's it's really kind of intriguing. Yet another way in this era of everyone staying home and being safe during COVID nineteen, to be able to you know say, hey, I bought this movie. Do you want to watch it? And you can literally rent a movie to your friend for a short period of time, and they can watch it in their own home. It's kind of intriguing. That's cool. Uh, yeah, Jeff. Anytime you want to do that, I've got hundreds of audio described movies. In my- <laughs> there you go. Okay, you hooked me up, huh? All right, that's great. That's great. My, my friend Paul, who uh, works on the Main Menu Live team with us, also has literally hundreds and hundreds of, of movies in his library. So I know I, where to go to get movies. Not, not to go there, <laughs> but I even have, uh, my wife's been trying to get me to get rid of them for years. I have a stack of over, probably over 100 of 12-inch laser disc with movies on them. Before okay. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Let's see. I think it's time for us to now move into the next portion of our meeting. Judy, do you want to take it from here? Because we definitely want to leave time for questions near the end here to be able to ask general questions as well. The next part of this meeting is about appliances used throughout the house. And here we're going to talk about such things as house security systems, climate control, telephone systems, and anything else that may occur to the presenters. And here we're going to hear from Jeff 
and Ray and Comcast and whatever, anybody. Okay. Take it away. Why don't you kick us off, Ray? Be happy to. Thank you. Um, uh, I've been sitting here nice and patiently. Um, so, um, a couple of things that we wanted to talk about here tonight. Um, I'm sure Comcast can talk plenty about Xfinity Home, which is the home security system that uh, we recently purchased for our second home. Uh, but I'll um, talk a little bit about it. And I want to talk about this kind of in the context of making sure that you get what you need from whatever appliances that you're purchasing, whether it's you know the security systems or the thermostat or the thermostat or that, or that kind of thing. So, anyways, um, so as I mentioned, um, uh, we we have made we have made a second home purchase, and I wanted to have a couple start putting in. I'm starting. I'm just starting to get into this age of smart home stuff. And, uh, and so, um, what, uh, I ordered up was, um, Xfinity home from Comcast. And then I also had a, uh, Wi-Fi enabled thermostat, uh, installed so that I could keep, keep track, uh, especially when I'm away from there, if something you know, goes wrong, if I see something out of the ordinary, I got my guy that can go over and check on things for me. So, um, so when we did the Xfinity Home, along with the uh, Comcast Internet, of course, um, one of the things that I definitely would encourage all of you to do is make sure that that whoever the technician is that's coming to install it uh, is aware of what your needs are and that they make sure that they take the time to help you make sure you know how to use it before they finish up the installation. Now, technicians come in all shapes and sizes. Some are better than others. I certainly understand that. However, um, in our case, uh, we had a very good technician from Comcast. He came in, he uh, you know put in the uh, modem, and he put all the stuff in. He started putting stuff in for the security system. So told us what he was doing, you know, because you know, with these systems, the Xfinity Home, you have to determine where you want your sensors and that kind of thing. So, uh, answer all of our questions. Um, but the thing that he really did that really pleased both of us was that uh, he made sure he, he, after he got everything kind of set up, he made sure that we, he helped us download the app. He helped us to um, make sure that we could log in, that we could access the uh, different sensors, kind of walked us through and showed you know, how to use everything, how to you know, set things and, you know, disarm and disarm the system using the app and that kind of thing. And he didn't just show one of us. He took the time to show both of us. And that was something that really uh, struck me about about that, that um, he was uh, so thorough in that regard and just very patient and stuff. So I, I really encourage you to make sure that when you're getting when you're you're getting service, like, you know, a lot of things we could set up independently, but there are things that do need installation that you get what you need. The same thing was true um, with the uh, Sensi thermostat that we had installed. Um, the uh, I I could probably figure out how to install a thermostat, but I'm I, I don't really want to try that, so I just called somebody and said, you know, can you come out and put this in for me and you know, explain what we had and everything. Um, that person uh, from a local heating and cooling uh, contractor came out, put it in, and then took the time to 
make sure to go through and help make, to help make sure that uh, had the app set up and that we had um, the that which was good in that case because there's a there's different models of these and you have to know what it's displaying on the on the thermostat itself before you can uh, you know click the right so you click the right model into your app um, and um, uh, so uh, could have probably got Ira to do that for me, but uh, you know the gentleman was very nice to take care of that and again spent the time, made sure I knew how to how we knew how to use it and everything. So um, I think it's really important. You know, these people are there to provide services to us. We need to make sure that they don't they don't know blind people and they don't know uh, what our needs are and uh, all that sort of thing. So it's definitely important to kind of be your own advocate. Um, we hear that a lot. Uh, be your own advocate. I unfortunately did not have the same good experience with the uh, garage door opener guy that uh, put the Wi-Fi enabled garage door opener in, and he. He was a little bit less uh, uh, willing to help get everything set up. In that case, I just, you know, in, in that case, what I'd say to people to do is, you know, contact the company that you bought it from. Say, hey, look, you know, this 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 happened, and you know, it's going to be more difficult for me to get it all set up now because he didn't help me. And he said something about that they they couldn't know your there's specific codes for these things and they couldn't know them and said, I don't know about all that but anyways um, so that's kind of what I wanted to uh, to say but it's uh, it's really gives good peace of mind to have that uh, home security system and in fact in this case you know to have these kinds of devices that are you know controlling in, in a home that we're not at all the time to be able to go in and and look at, uh, at everything and these. Now, the Xfinity Home is extremely accessible and uh, very easy to use. The only thing, and I hope Tom's listening, uh, I wish the the touchscreen unit itself was accessible. Uh, And if it is, Anthony didn't know that. So um, so that you'd actually control it from the touchscreen unit uh, uh, itself. Yes. the so maybe it's accessible. Oh, uh, well, maybe you, need, of, maybe you and I need to talk offline about that. So, yeah, we, we launched the uh, accessible version of that earlier this year. Okay, and, I bought this in October, so. Right, so I don't think it was out yet. So we should uh, talk offline, and I'll make sure that we get you set up with the accessible touchscreen. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and, that's, uh, and that's also um, another thing, too, to make sure that, um, you know, that you, you, that you do know that things aren't, uh, accessible and and you know especially with a security system it's really important to know when things are armed and when things aren't um, because like on the Xfinity Home there are three modes to it uh, for arming there's an away mode uh, and a night mode which you'll use most of the time the night mode doesn't turn on the motion sensor which they put at like a choke point in your house but the away mode does and when he told me I had a motion sensor I'm like wait a minute Okay, if it's at nighttime and somebody comes out to use that front bathroom, is that thing going to go off? And he said, no, it's it's off. So made sure that I knew that. And, but just, I said, very, very thorough. And I think, it's, as I say, it's just important to make sure that you make sure that the people that you're that are coming out to set you up, as I said, they're, we're paying for their service. And they should take the time to assist you in getting everything set up the way that you need it and that you're comfortable when they leave. Um, so that's kind of where I wanted to go with this. So uh, Jeff, back to you. Thanks, Ray. 
Well, we use uh, quite a number of things in our home as well. Um, and uh, you know, we use a number of things in our home that really help us in reference to security and, and all of these types of things. We use uh, Ecobee in our home in Tucson. And for a long while, their app was not very accessible, but they have since done quite a bit to improve that. So we can control our thermostat from away. And we, we knew there was trouble just, just a few weeks ago when, uh, when the house was getting up to 90 degrees and my son was uh, away from the home. So this is one way of being able to, to keep an eye on things. We, we use, um, Simply safe for our security system here because it's a, it's a system that allows us to have it in our apartment here up in Seattle. And while some of the features of the panel itself are not accessible, the touchscreen itself, the app is pretty good. And you can also use skills to be able to control it. So you can even arm it using your Alexa app on your iPhone as you leave the house, for example. But I'd love to be able to talk to Libby a little bit about some of the security things that Amazon offers, too, to make sure that we cover those. And we have one of these, too, which is the Ring Video doorbell. But I'm sure that you guys are also offering some other things, too. Libby? Yeah, thanks. And uh, I'll ask Peter to jump in. Uh, if there's anything to add, we do have uh, ring video doorbells, uh, which would allow you to communicate back and forth two way uh, with whoever's at the door. So if someone is there at the door, you can use sort of an intercom system from your Echo devices. Uh, if you and if you have an Echo device with a screen and are able to see the live video feed, you can ask for that as well. Uh, so that's an option that's out there for folks. Um, there's also some options that we have that are. Uh, don't require any kind of special equipment at all. So, you know, something if you're if you're feeling uh, excited about this tonight and have any uh, Echo device in your home right now, you can turn on a feature that we call Alexa Guard, uh, which is a free feature that you can opt into and set up. And what Alexa Guard does is uh, helps with listening for sounds around your home. Uh, and it's only specific like safety type sounds like glass breaking, smoke alarms, and uh, carbon monoxide alarms. And uh, so if you were away from home and one of those went off, it would notify you. And uh, also with uh, something else that you can do with Alexa Guard when you're away from home is set up away lighting. So if you have those smart lights and bulbs and plugs like we were talking about before, you can uh, use Alexa Guard to mimic uh, it looking like someone is home. It'll turn the lights on and off uh, while you're away. And uh, so Alexa Guard might be a nice option for folks who, you know, for whatever reason, can't install um, one of these, you know, other security systems, but want a couple features uh, that would, you know, help to be deterrence or to help you monitor when you're not at home. Peter, any other things you want to add? Um, for yeah, one thing that um, uh, Ring came out with uh, last year that I think is really cool for those of us uh, who have old homes that maybe have an old wired alarm system that's no longer supported. Uh, the place that uh, I, I used to live in Oakland had one of these from the 80s that actually talked, uh, but was no longer supported. And so Ring makes a product that will plug into your existing wired alarm system. So the 
the magnets at the windows and at the doors and the motion sensors uh, so that you can uh, bring that up into the modern Alexa age. Okay. Tom, can you talk to us a little bit about your security uh, products and things that you guys offer in this space? I think Ray did a pretty good job <laughs> of, of getting us up to speed on that. Um, but I'll talk about a couple of things here. So with Xfinity Home, uh, you know, you get the security cameras. Um, and with the security cameras, they do 24-7 uh, recording as well, if you want. Uh, and we not only record images, but we record audio. Um, and then kind of at the artificial intelligence layer, you can filter. So what I get in my app uh, are events uh, when the camera you know, started to record for one reason or another could be that a squirrel jumped up on the, you know, park bench on the, on the porch or that, uh, you know, UPS delivered an Amazon package. And I think my wife is keeping Peter in multiple homes because she's ordering so much. So, uh, I got to have her cut that back a little bit. Um, but, but, uh, you know, good to know, (laughs) good to know when a package is up on the, uh, on the porch. And so, in that case, for example, I could filter events. Uh, there's three filters that we have now, pets, people, and vehicles. Uh, and so you could filter by people, uh, and then it'll give me all of the people events in, in my app. Uh, and, um, you know, by using the audio, you can, you can usually, you know, tell when, when uh, the package was, was dropped off. Uh, obviously, somebody's dropping off a box or, or a bag of some sort. Uh, so, so I, you know, again, we talked about it earlier. Somebody mentioned using, you know, I think Brian talked about creativity, uh, you know, thinking outside the box, using all of the different tools in the toolbox, so to speak. And, and so audio is a, is a very helpful one from these cameras. Um, and so I, I like that a lot. Certainly we have smoke detectors and, you know, carbon monoxide detectors, water breach detectors, uh, sensors rather, um, you know, I don't know, Ray, if you use the uh, uh, works with works with Xfinity Home program to get your garage door opener. So you bought one that can be controlled through the home app, I hope. Um, I had to look it back, back. I had to look exactly at what I bought. It's a uh, it's uh, I bought it from a company down there. It's uh, I don't remember what model it is. I'll have to I have to look at that. I, I'm not sure if it does or not. So that that's one that that uh, is is good. Kind of you know uh, August door locks, um, Lutron um, bulbs, and s- smart switches. I know Brian was talking about smart switches earlier. Um, you know certainly we have the smart plugs uh, with with uh, Xfinity Home as with most other services. You could set rules so you could have your night rule or you know where lights go on at a certain time you know on sundown um you know thermostat goes to a certain temperature at a certain time etc etc uh so a lot of that is happening uh and that's within our xfinity home product the nice part about where we're headed uh is and maybe some of you heard me this morning talk about xfi so xfi is a app that comes with your internet service Uh, i don't know ray have you tried this I have not. Okay. Um, We'll talk offline. Um, uh, We'll get you set up with that. I'd love to get your feedback. So so XFi is an app, iOS, Android, and web, uh, as well as uh, accessing it through the uh, X1 and Flex set-top boxes. 
that allows you to manage your home network. So we talked a lot about connected devices, everything from smart ovens to, you know, coffee pots to washer dryers to, you know, garage door openers to, you know, you name it. All of these devices are connecting into your Wi-Fi. Um, and you may want to manage them, uh, you know, from time to time for one reason or another. And so XFi is a utility that allows you to do lots of different things. It allows you to control uh, your um, all of your your devices. You can attach devices to profiles. So, uh, for example, right now I have uh, three devices that are connected to the network under my profile, uh, and I could you know pause an an individual device. Um, you know, maybe I set up a device you know under profile for for you know you know my son he's he's 22 so i wouldn't i wouldn't monitor it that way now but if he was 10 um you know i might want to pause the uh pause the game council at you know 10 o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night or whatever it is you know i think for him tonight today i would have to you know pause it at like 4 a.m or something like that Uh, you know let him get some sleep but uh you know so parental controls controlling time online a lot of a lot of people Use it to pause the internet in the house during dinner time, so you know you could actually have a, a meaningful conversation at the dinner table. Uh, those types of things. Um, you, managing your gateway. So uh, you know, with with us, there's there's uh, our Xfinity router. Uh, we call it a gateway. It's basically a modem and, and router all in, in one. And you can you know get speed tests, make sure that you're getting the the plan speed that you've purchased. Uh, you can check speed from your device uh, to uh, you know um, you know if it's it's Wi-Fi. So so this this XFi app will will kind of manage all of those things for you. What we're doing now as part of a value add for our internet service is we're bringing a lot of the home automation piece of Xfinity Home into XFi over over the next few quarters uh, here, and so. When we talk about cameras for Xfinity Home, now cameras will just be part of your internet package. You'll be able to get it, request a camera, um, and, you know, and uh, thermostats and light switches. And, you know, I was just looking a, a couple of weeks ago at, at some of this that's in development now for, you know, controlling lights, et cetera. So that's going to be another area. So we see XFi as kind of that home network manager app. Uh, you know, we, you know, there's there's data out there that says by 2022, the average number of devices connected in a home will be 50 devices, uh, and that's everything from phones to gaming consoles to uh, a window sensor, you know, to a garage door opener or whatever. So you can see how this this IoT Internet of Things, these technologies have really, you know, within the past you know three plus years, have just exploded onto the scene. Um, and so being able to manage that, the other thing you get with XFi is advanced security. So we're, um, again, through an, a layer of artificial intelligence, make, you know, making sure that there aren't, you know, any kind of hacking or any kind of bad stuff happening on your network. Cause some of these devices, they don't have keyboards. You know, you know, somebody could, you know, um, you know, if it's, if it's maybe a company that is not like a large technology company, but a, a smaller company, you know, somebody could, you know, disable a sensor, um, you know, uh, you know, just for one reason or another, or some type of virus getting into the network. And so 
with our gateway and with, with XFi, um, you know, we're, we're providing that extra layer of security and you get notifications when a threat is found. You can, you know, you can look at it. You can determine whether it, it uh, you know, you can and take appropriate action as needed. So beyond, beyond that, Wi-Fi in the home is always problematic, especially in, in older homes. Uh, I have a, a split level home here in, in, uh, just outside Philadelphia. And, you know, because of the way the house is designed, you know, why there could be some dead spots. Um, and so we have these mesh network, uh, pods, essentially, you know, a, a Wi-Fi extender. Uh, you plug them into a, uh, an outlet and, uh, you know, you keep them a certain uh, distance apart as you move them throughout your home. And, uh, and, and that, you know, makes the, uh, the Wi-Fi signal more consistent as, as you move through the home. And, and it gets you stronger signal in, in areas where you just don't have good signal. Um, those are really easily installed and set up through the XFi app. Uh, the X, we call it XFi pods. Um, so the pod is Bluetooth enabled. When you plug it in, uh, as long as you have Bluetooth enabled on your phone and XFi walks you through this, you know, you'll be able to name the pod, you know, maybe it's a hallway or it's a, you know, family room or wherever you ha- <clears throat> have it installed, wherever you plug it in rather. And you can, you know, kind of manage those once you've named them and, and they're all running. You can go through the app under the network tab and, you know, make sure that, you know, if, if your, uh, your pods are online, you could find out what devices are connected to, to the pods, et cetera. Way more than probably what most people will use. Um, but as we're talking about bringing all of these types of devices into the home, it's really important to make sure that your your home network is performing uh, the way you want it, and that you know you know what devices are coming and going, and and can manage them accordingly. And and so I would say, as we talk about appliances throughout the house, you really want to make sure you have that that home network piece, um, you know, as a solid foundation as you as you build your your smart home. Excellent, thank you, Tom. Well, let's see. So we got about 20 minutes left and I, I know we have one more agenda item, which is to bring up miscellaneous issues. But before we do that, just because we want to make sure we get all of your questions answered that you might have been sending in to questions at acb.org, wanted to check in with Janet and give top priority to those questions. So Janet, do you have a number for us? Oh, please don't give out the, don't give out the email again. No. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm getting a lot of questions and I think what I'm going to do for the ones that we can't get through here tonight, uh, we'll determine a central person to send them to or individuals and I'll get them parsed out if we can't get to them tonight. I've had okay. questions about security systems and talk and accessible thermostats in apartments and this may be more of an accessibility question or but several people have said how can i get those and can i ask my landlord to put those in my apartment i think that's a question that you need to yep, really consider that's a clear that's a what that might be a clark and clear question yeah maybe but i think we want to kind of steer them toward their apartment management company as far as what they can do in their apartment. Yeah, what, what I would say, Jeff, is that um, you, you you certainly can ask your landlord to install yeah. those types of things. If they don't, then you might have a Clark and Claire issue because I don't know what the Fair Housing Act amendments or other laws say about stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look into that. But uh, yep. yeah. Yep. Yep. Good question, though. Um, yep. 
I had someone ask about the Ring Central doorbell if that's something that has to be wired into your system. No, it does not. Okay. Nope. All right. Um, I have someone who wants to know. And these questions are just all over the map, so I'm just going to okay. they're not really in any kind of order. Yeah. Um, about Amazon Echo Show's um, best device for what am I holding? Ah, Peter, would you like to address that? Sure. The The best one is the one that you have in front of you. Um, <laughs> so, so Show & Tell works with the original Echo Show, the second generation Echo Show, which is the the 10-inch diagonal screen, the Show 5, and the Show 8. The camera on the Show 10 is better, but we have some neat, nifty computer vision software that we're running in the other ones. So we really haven't seen a a significant performance difference among any of them. So $89.99 Show 5 is a great choice. Awesome. Also, uh, on the the apartment um, home security thing, uh, there's a ring doorbell cam that fits in the peephole of a lot of apartment doors and is battery powered. So that might be uh, an interesting option for folks who live in apartment buildings. Yeah, that uh, I was also thinking about the Echo Flex devices that have the motion sensors. Um, it's a, you know another something that would be it's not a smart thermostat, but another device that's uh, quite simple and portable uh, for apartment dwellers uh, that uh, to be able to detect if there's some you know odd motion or unexpected motion going on in the home, and you can plug those into any outlet. It has a tiny speaker and a smaller microphone, and you yeah. can. Talk to the A-Lady, you know, in the hallway down at the baseboard where you've got the nightlight and motion sensor. Yeah. And uh, back to the question earlier about uh, maximum oven temperature on the smart oven. I confirmed with the team while we were chatting here and it's 425. Perfect. Thanks. Next Great question Ed, is about Comcast streaming and that sometimes the Comcast streaming doesn't keep the audio description on that goes on and off. Uh, can you repeat that again, Janet? Sometimes the audio description goes on and off. Right. When they're streaming on Comcast, the audio description apparently doesn't stay on. That sounds like a unique issue. Uh, I would need more details to answer that. I'll send send this one to you. They should probably call into the Comcast Accessibility Help Desk, right, Tom? Absolutely, yeah. There you go. 270-0379 would be the, the number to call, but happy to... If Janet sends it to me, happy to reach out directly and talk through that. Could Absolutely. you that number again, Tom, just in case people didn't get it? Sure. Uh, the Accessibility Support Center for Customers with Disabilities is available seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time at 855-270-0379 or by email, accessibility at comcast.com. And Peter, do you want to give the information for Amazon? Um, I don't have it memorized, <laughs> but perhaps uh, there's there's somebody uh, among the moderators who does. Uh, Li- Libby will look it up for us. <laughs> it's an interesting question about what these accessibility numbers can do, because I think the Amazon one, they tell you that they can only help with shopping. And I have a very curious Amazon problem right now. I ordered something. And it's telling me it's going to be delivered January 5th, 2037. <laughs> and 
Well, now the problem is every time I say to Alexa, where's my stuff? She keeps telling me about this item that's going to be delivered in 2037. And I'm worried I'm going to hear this for the next 17 years. <laughs> well, that's all right. It must be a great package. You must be really no, looking I've forward to it. I've actually already gotten it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yes, but you'll get it again. You'll get it again. Yeah, yeah exactly. The current model wears out, you'll get the new one. You're getting version 2.0. That's what it is. Some sort of time machine might be getting delivered to your home. Absolutely. Very weird. Yeah. Right here. Can anybody hear me? Yes. Yes. Okay. I've got a a question. I ended up putting in a new hybrid heating cooling system in my home. So it's partly uh, gas and partly electric. Anyway, it was done by carrier and... Unfortunately, when it was all said and done, my accessible thermostat wouldn't work on it because it was a three-wire thermostat as opposed to a two-wire thermostat. So I haven't had access to my own thermostat for four years. Do either Does either Amazon or Comcast provide a thermostat control system that would be accessible to me under those circumstances? I need to check on the three wire, uh, you know, uh, Brian. I thought Carrier was such an everyday brand. I wouldn't have a problem, but I do. Check with Ecobee as well. I I have. No, really? Wow. Two wire. Okay. Okay. Lynch just cut off one of the wires. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what I was going to (laughs) say. Don't think that works that way. It gets hot in the summer and cold in the winter here. Thank you very much. There you go. It's hard when you don't have an audience. <laughs> All right. Janet, do you have any more questions oh, for us? Oh, my goodness. I, I have a lot more, but that's okay. Um, I do have one about smart appliances. And what he wants to know is, I don't know how to even ask this question, actually. He wants to know if there's an override. I mean, are they only operational with Alexa? So if there's a problem with Alexa and your appliance starts to go crazy, can you override it? I can tell you about the smart oven, and that is there. this rail overlay is for doing exactly that. It has all the numbers and all the controls. And, yes, you can use it in the old-fashioned, traditional way by pressing buttons. And it's a very cool overlay, by the way. I mean, I... It's in great. It's in UEB. It is. It's great. <laughs> yeah, which may be good and bad, depending upon how caught up on UEB you are, right? <laughs> And a couple of these are a little more specific, so I think I'm just going to send them. We do not have a talking fridge out now, correct? That was a question that I was asked. What do you want it to say? I don't know. <laughs> well, a lot of refrigerators. Some do. I, I've seen those ads I, where your refrigerator, I, you know. I tried, I tried talking to my fridge to give, to give me a beer, but it won't do that. <laughs> well, well, a lot of refrigerators will keep track of things like, you know, certain right. items. They'll show you recipes and yep. You know, stuff like that. But you know, the, you know what the answer to that is? Put an Echo Dot on top of your fridge and then you can talk to your fridge. There you go. And someone wanted to know about the brand and model of the washer and dryer you use, Judy. General Electric. Okay. And we basically talked about that the accessibility, um, most of these um, appliances that are certified human are accessible right outside the box, right, for people who are blind and or 
have other disabilities? The certified for humans means that uh, they're easy to set up through Alexa and uh, that uh, particularly when you do that uh, account linking that I showed you when you were shopping, uh, it makes it pretty simple to where set up just outside the box is really just discover devices and it kind of all happens a bit auto- automatically. And uh, that the works with Alexa and the certified for humans both give you some assurances as to what you're able to do using Alexa on the device, even if the physical device itself is less than accessible. The, the certified for humans doesn't cover things like, uh, are the buttons tactily discernible? Is right. the contrast high enough of any labeling on the device? Mm-hmm. Uh, is the manual in uh, available as accessible HTML? which, by the way, the smart oven and microwave manuals are in HTML, full alt text and all all the rest. Uh, even some fancy ARIA tags in there. I have the phone number here for the Amazon accessibility line. It's 888-283-1678. Thank you very much, Judy. I call Thanks, them. Judy. Thank Thank you, and if they, don't, if they won't help you with that, they at least know who will. Yeah. And uh, as Peter was mentioning that the the oven and uh, the microwave, we've made sure that the user manuals are accessible. Some uh, other things that we've learned, um, when we launched the microwave, we saw how popular it was with blind customers and uh, with customers with uh, different motor disabilities. And so we made some adjustments to the to all of the ovens, whether you have the overlay or not. Uh, with the smart oven to make sure that that text contrast was high, that the connectors and trays and things like that are discernible by touch, and uh, also that the door requires less than five pounds of force to open, uh, and you can open it with a flat hand, so it doesn't require as much grasping and pulling. I couldn't find anything about why the door beeps sometimes when you open it. It's trying to tell me something, but I don't know what it's trying to so, tell So something that I have learned recently is that the door will beep if you have uh, tried to cook something and then haven't opened the door oh. for a time period after you've cooked something. And, it's and basically it's- like letting you know, like, your food might still be in here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah I, I woke up one morning and I came out here and the microwave was beeping like that. I'm like, what in the heck is it doing? And uh, apparently someone cooked something and left it in there overnight. It was beeping all night long. doesn't have a timer, I guess. Are there such things as smart smoke detectors and CO2 detectors? I just had to re-up one of mine. I know that there certainly are uh, you know, brands of smart smoke detectors and smart uh, carbon monoxide detectors. I have some in my own home uh, and uh, just replaced them. Uh, so I, uh, when folks are talking about their fans and other things with smart switches, that's something that my husband and I have done just in the last week. Uh, so <laughs> it's fresh in my mind. Uh, but also with the smoke detectors and the um, carbon monoxide detectors, uh, Alexa Guard doesn't enable uh, that control within the app, but it does let you know if they're going off when you're away from home. So you get some of the smart feature, but you would not necessarily be able to do the remote silencing of that smoke detector. You know, if you're making something and you start to burn it and you silence it on your phone to let it know that you've got it under control... Yes, exactly. That's when my smoke detector goes off, is when I'm frying tortillas primarily. Yeah, yes. it's a searing steak in my house. <laughs> that too. We only have a few minutes left, and let's take a moment to see if any of the other, we have several other committee members who have not been part of this discussion who are on the call. 
And uh, Don, Peggy, Matt, Sandra, any of you have anything you want to contribute to this conversation? Um, this is Peggy, and I guess the one thing I would say is that, um, you know, it's it's really good to get into this in a gradual fashion. Um, and I think, you know, I think both Libby and, and uh, Brian talked about get a couple of smart switches to start with. Try playing with those. Um, you know, start easy and, uh, you know, kind of work yourself up to something more complex. Some of the things certainly are fairly complex, but uh, if you start with something like that, I think it's a good way to, to sort of stick your toe in the water and uh, see how much you like it. And I know with us, we have a few smart switches, and they're very fun to play with. You can do things like, say, turn that lamp on at sunset and turn it off, you know, three hours after sunset, things like that, which are, are kind of cool to play with. Thanks for saying that, Peggy, because I think, you know, people hear all this and it can, it can be, you know, even, you know, it can be overwhelming. And so I think yeah. saying that I think is important. Um, and they're just very offering, inexpensive, by the way, they're very inexpensive, a lot of them. Anyone else? Yes, this is Sandra. Um, oh, ahead, Sandra. Just offering kudos to Comcast and Amazon because um, the number of accessible devices, you know, smart devices is, is just amazing. So um, try a little and see what works for you, you know? Absolutely. Don, you had a comment? Yeah, I just want to, I hate to use this pun, but I want to echo my sentiment that Judy said earlier that Amazon have a page specifically devoted to any item that works with Alexa and is certified for humans, either or or both. That would be so helpful and make searching a whole lot easier. Or if you can tell us how to do that kind of a search to get that result. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I want to personally thank uh, Amazon and Comcast, Peter, Libby, Tom, for uh, you guys coming tonight and participating in this special event during primetime at the ACB convention. We would love to be able to get you on to have longer discussions, perhaps either on an IAC monthly community call, which we'll be holding in the starting probably in August. We're going to take a little bit of a break from uh, all the convention activity in July, but uh, we'll be starting that up in, in August. So hopefully uh, we would love to be able to get you guys back. If you would be interested in doing that, we would love to do that to, allow people to really dive deep into your products and spend, you know, one or two hours talking all about Amazon and Comcast. Does that Absolutely. sound interesting to you guys? Yep. Happy to do it. Great. Absolutely. Great. Thank you. Thank you, thank Great. you so much for inviting us and, and having us and hosting us. Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Ways to get a hold of the, the uh, committee. You can email me as the chair of the committee. You can email me at jeff at jeffbishop.com. And we'll work on other ways of, of getting access to us. But that's probably the easiest way to do that. Again, that's jeff at jeffbishop.com. You can reach any of us, really, though, through just reaching out either on leadership or, or on uh, ACBL or any number of, uh, of ways. Ray Campbell is the officer liaison to the committee. And he's also yet another path for you to be able to uh, reach out and talk to the talk to the actual 
uh, committee. Ray, did you have something? I was just going to remind people that if you signed up for CEUs for this event this evening, we were not able to get those codes out to you. Uh, please send Janet an email at Janet, J-A-N-E-T dot Dickelman, D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at gmail.com. Let her know that you had signed up for CEUs for this event, the Smart Home event, and she will get you the codes that you need. Absolutely. Thank you, Ray. And I will send the questions out that we did not get to tonight to Jeff and the committee members, and they will get answers to you. Maybe not before the convention is over, but they'll get answers to you in the next Absolutely. We'll probably cover some of those on the next uh, IAC community call that we hold in August. So stay tuned for that. Again, thank you everyone for coming and participating tonight. We've had just had a wonderful time being here and I hope you've had an enjoyable evening as well. We'll see all of you in August at our next community uh, event and we'll catch everybody then. Thanks so much, everyone. Have a great night. Good night, everybody. Have a good night.